Welcome back to Shaping Logics. This is episode 11. There's no guests this time around, it's just me, Hector, and Miguel. But in this episode, we try to do something a little different with the format. Hector had this idea to read out loud some old quotes, texts, and just random theories we had during school. And hopefully these would trigger something new and exciting to discuss. My favorite bit was definitely the discussion surrounding the essence of a horse. I think the main question is asking what makes a horse a horse. I'm still a little lost with that whole discussion. I think I gotta brush up on my philosophy. But hopefully you can follow along and enjoy this episode. Like how did it start? You think like <laughs> how did the idea Cause you sent I think you just sent us like a text, right? Like, oh we should do an episode about Yeah, I was just going through my stuff at my house and I happened to open up and I had like a you know like the little tabs on your on your notebook and mm-hmm. I opened it and it was like a random ass like you know quote of just like you look at it and you're like what the fuck yeah. you know like and then for example like that that little quote that I just read that at some point uh, I must have been very disgruntled with maybe what architecture was or, or I don't even know but uh, it's just like gibberish that it's just funny it's funny now but at the same time it still kind of triggers like thoughts and ideas uh, yeah, for example, you know, the architect is the most detached from space <laughs> and I have it written in my notebook and like super perfectly capitalized letters and in red. So it really stands out. So <laughs> that must have, uh, <laughs> meant something at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, it started and then it was the idea of like, it'd be funny if we just sat around and spit ideas of, you know, six, seven years ago and, and see, <laughs> see. Yeah, what, no, I think it was, about it. it was definitely something that I was like immediately interested in because i started i i knew that i had like i was writing stuff and you know throughout projects <clears throat> so i went to my sketchbook right away to like oh let me find something you know yeah. um, um I, wrote, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote some of this that i think well my i keep pretty decent track of when i write stuff <clears throat> but in this case, I think I only had like the the year. So this was written somewhere between November 2014 and April 2015. Um, I wrote, architecture's dream is to create a unity of place by dividing space. Wait, can you say that one more time? <laughs> architecture's dream is to create a unity of place by dividing space and i think i that's like it's so random because that's it's between a bunch of other stuff about my project and there's just this one line you know like out of nowhere but i think what it what i was trying to describe was like this idea that you yeah like a house is uh it's one object right but then you you add walls and doors and all this stuff even though you're still trying to, um, I, I think the message is still that, you know, it's one space, but you're, you're dividing it, you know, you're instead of, which I, I, I guess I the, it. yeah, like the, <clears throat> the, like the, the conclusion or the, where you would take it is that you should just have the shell and that's it 
because that's that would be one one thing right you walk in and you see all of it at yeah. once <clears throat> i don't know <laughs> so like any, yeah so like any other building even like dividing spaces inside i mean that kind of makes sense yeah but also like with that line you're implying that architecture is like this thing yeah. so i think without really knowing what that is you know to understand its dream you know that's like a whole, that's a whole nother conversation you know you know you know like if you know who i am yeah, I know. and then you're like oh yeah that makes sense that that's like his like dream that's like what he would do because you understand what i am uh so it's always it always when you always falls back into like what's the definition of architecture right yeah. and as we all know yeah. i mean sure you can google it and there's like a very general that uh, definition of what it is or like what it is we do but yeah. i think everybody has their own definition of what architecture actually is and, and again you can't just always you can't talk about architecture in, in, in a linear like or actually you can you can't talk about architecture in a linear like way but it has to be very specific when you like begin that topic because architecture is not just one thing it's, it's you know very like it's different things across the board um but uh with that in mind i know here's the line that that i wrote in my sketchbook and this is probably towards you know during my thesis research and trying to figure out like what I wanted to do and I knew that I mean a little background on like just myself at that point I was very disgruntled with like what architecture the career was yeah. and I guess I didn't want to accept it and come to terms that like my only logical uh rationale for that is that you know architecture doesn't it really exist in the building environment it's not like a building an idea and at that time I was also doing a lot of renders so of course like if you combine kind of those kind of two elements of what was going on in my life at the time I figured that architecture could only become, could only be an image. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these little quotes about like imagery and like whatever. So one of them is, you know, the image is so irrational that it's better. You know, that's one. And then irrationality is above rational and irrational as practical. <laughs> and then design the process that generates form, which generates an image, but could never exist in reality. Say that again. Huh? Say the that whole again. thing? No, no, <laughs> like the last part. So design the process that generates the form uh -huh. that will essentially inform the image that could never exist in reality. So I guess it's the whole idea of like, no matter how hard you try to design, like you have this idea, right? And I think that when it's an idea, this is what I was kind of thinking at the time, that when you have an idea of something, um, that idea or like that image in your head, it's at its purest form because the minute you try to like materialize it, it, it becomes something else. So in a sense, like the actual end product, and this is kind of like what my conclusion was that when you have an idea of architecture or spaces that when it actually manifests itself into the real world, that's just the byproduct of your true idea. So it's like, even though you tried to reach, it's not fully like developed like you thought it would. Right. I mean, and I guess in a general sense, that's kind of always true because yeah. you might have this perfect detail, but for one reason or another, it's not practical in practice or they just can't do it. And it's never going to look the same. Right. So in my head, that's kind of like, obviously like this writing, I was, you could see that I was like fighting for like some like super theoretical recognition, yeah. but I mean, to me, it kind of makes sense Yeah, you design something and like, and you hear about people talking about like in the render world where like, oh, it's romanticized. That, that's yeah. like, it's perfect in that render, it's perfect in that image, and that's not reality. And mm -hmm. to me, that image or that render, that is the purest form of 
if it, and even then the fact that you're all putting it, it on print and putting it out yeah. outside, you're already it's already a distortion yeah so because the, what is the what's happening between like your brain and then the actual image right right exactly. you might be like fooling yourself too that what you made is actually what you were thinking because no, that's true which <clears throat> a lot of the times right. you know, we don't we don't have fully um rendered images in our brain either right like we might have snippets of like so yeah. Trans, yeah, and I'm talking from your brain to the to the paper, paper or whatever. exactly. So then that's why I, I mean I, I can keep on reading, but then I started thinking about what you exactly. So I thought about that because it's like it's not just maybe a physical building, but just it to exist in physical space somehow. Uh, so then I got to like, well, maybe the image already has to be like inverted, even in your mind, <laughs> and somehow like you know flipped so that when it comes out, so it's like when you think about your perfect image in your head then you invert it in your head so that when you spit it out it kind of like you know like the inverse of itself becomes like the real thing i mean it, it got <laughs> deep dude, but <laughs> you got like but you can see the, three levels into it yeah it's, it's, i was like oh shit is that inception the movie <laughs> <laughs> but you could see how like i don't know it's kind of funny but at the same time when i read like just these little bits of like you know text i'm like oh yeah i remember that that's cool I mean, and this I is do. towards your thesis right and right what what the, um what who sort of influenced you who were you reading or who were you like looking at oh man as far as i was reading i can't i mean there was, the list was long i all have i have all that stuff in my email but i mean i was doing a lot of uh or what pops out like what do you remember that was like the well for sure i want for i mean i was doing a, looking a lot of archigram at the time too but i mean archigram is different in the sense that um because they were using imagery to like portray something that was not that didn't exist. There was storytelling with images. So from Archigram, that's what I was kind of taking away from them. They weren't really using the image as like I was using it. Yeah. But they were just using it as a means of communicating. Right. Um, which that's kind of where it started. Like, you know, like maybe it became. I thought at some point I was thinking like maybe like if you could design with images, yeah. you know, maybe that's just maybe that should have been my thesis. Maybe it should have been about a technique of using collaging. It, collaging and using images which i mean people do do it but you know to a different level where like you kind of going instead of going from sketch to plan to 3d model maybe it's just images like and images that are necessarily could represent a building but maybe it's just like an emotion and then how does that inform like an actual design and now that i'm you know thinking about it it's really I'm <laughs> yeah. like that probably would have been a pretty good thesis yeah. you know <laughs> and then it kind of becomes about maybe like going out and about and you like take pictures of like the community and you make designs based on the context of like all these images yeah. and start collaging and see what you see and then that informs the design and yeah. it's not so much about being really practical about like yeah. well there's a liquor store next door there's like a grocery store you're designing amongst that but it's more about like i'm designing from photographs of like a certain context yeah. you know and maybe i mean and then maybe that should have been the thesis but like i said it seems like from some of these writings i was just trying to push like just wanted to be out there, you know, yeah. maybe for the sake of just being out there. So, so there wasn't a concrete like end goal of, uh, no, dude, that was never, I mean, even when I, I mean, I, like I said before, I'm lucky that I even graduated. <laughs> I, think, I think if this was, was like always an idea that was it just, it never like it stopped. Like yeah. when it evolved to one thing, like then there was another, another, there was yeah. a whole another project. Ex right. And it just kept on going and going and going until like the due date, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, and I'm still a strong believer that like uh, maybe not so much with like the image and all that stuff, but yeah, that architecture in itself, like like the build environment, I don't think that's like the architecture. I think it's more about uh, like you even said, like kind of like emotions, spaces, yeah. um, because like you can you can think about architecture like in the sense of space and where you've been, and that has nothing to do with the building, you know. 
but the architecture is informing, you know, yeah. that emotion. So, uh, um, and like I said, like if a building falls down, like the idea of that building and the memory of that building still and exists. it still exists. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like the, that was the more logical and rooted elements of when I started going down this path of like the image, you know? That's, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I mean, yeah, they should. You can still explore that, you know, designing with just images. That would be an interesting concept because you don't have to have. I guess I can see that in my interpretation. I can see it as like not even like having, like you said, like not even having floor plans or three D models or <laughs> elevations or anything. It's just images, you know. It's, you're designing with images, and what's the end product of that? Or not even an end product, like what's the design like what does that yield, or how does yeah. that inform your design? Yeah, exactly. Just using a different means of like designing i guess i mean that obviously that wasn't my my thesis but looking at looking at it now it, yeah. it should have been it would have been a lot more interesting i think that's legit i guess i can read a quote of mine or a year at one able no <clears throat> so oh i found it <laughs> this whole time i was trying to find this um i think you i think i think it's pronounced adolf loose o-o-o-s so he had he actually had a has a quote about architecture like what is architecture so he what he says is quote if we find a mound six feet long and three feet wide in the forest formed into a pyramid shaped by a shovel we become serious and something says something lies buried here that is architecture so it's <clears throat> and if you break it down it's i i, I <clears throat> I was like watching some lectures yesterday and reading some stuff and I came I actually came across this yesterday but it reminded me again today so if you break it down you know if you find a mound six feet by three feet what he's kind of saying is that there's a dimension to it right so he's there's a parameter yeah there's a parameter and then there is formed into a pyramid so you got form shaped by a shovel so you have um the the means of construction you know it, it didn't just appear and then we become serious and something says some someone lies buried here so what that means is that there's a collective understanding of what what a what a cemetery is or you know some and then that's all those things basically equal architecture to according to, to, to him. right i mean it's it's weird because it, he's hinting at the sense that there's there has to be a pre-notion of familiarity with with what that is yeah yeah there, there definitely has to be so, he's like you a know, house saying a house, that you know, you know house yeah uh, you know that there has to be house. like a understanding right society understanding that and i also know, feel like that is... that that's kind of like the same train of thought that i never really liked because i feel like that train of thought leads to convention and like this is how you do things because that's how we've known it to be well it's um, yeah it's like stand standardizing it's, yeah you know? standardizing something which i mean it's fine but i've never really i mean that's kind of like again going back to like my whole mission like i've never really accepted that i mean i understand that there's a ways to be efficient and not but it also comes to like um uh like when you start thinking about like you know philosophy and like plato and all of those guys who you know it's like like what what is a horse like is a horse <laughs> right i mean you guys all heard that right yeah. it's like a, yeah. shapes like like you know if you have like a little toy of a horse like 
You're like, yeah. oh, it's a horse. It's, it, but it's really not a horse. It's actually, it's a figure of a horse. It's actually a toy of plastic, you know? So what is it? Is a horse like the shape of the horse? You know, or is like the horse like this living thing? You know, well, even like a horse this. is not a horse then. <laughs> because a horse is like made out of all this other stuff, you know? No, but a horse is like the horse, like a living horse. But if you take a horse <laughs> and you make it into a toy, it's like, it's in the shape of a horse. Right. But it's not a horse. It's, it's a toy. It's a, you know? But yeah, so yeah, that argument, the shape, it's the horse. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, kind of. Yeah, but that's what it's I'm saying. Like, mind, even, even if the horse isn't like you know, like a, a horse made out of matter, organic matter, you know, like it would do that point. But the horse is the horse, like the actual living animal is is that is the horse. That's like the true self of the horse. We gave that thing a name, you know. Right. And the minute you make that into something else, like you can make. Oh, make okay. That so shape. you're saying like it's a predetermined uh, set of parameters and things, I guess, or like oh, this. Yeah, because that's, matter. The, that's what we're <laughs> familiar with, you yeah. know. So then we always accept it. You know, like for it, so it's, it's like, like it's like a, it's like saying like we're you know you're we're human you're human but because then, we recognize the shape. For example, if somebody was like super good, like shadow. Uh, what is those people? The people that cast shadows on like walls. You know, yeah, like, puppet, like shadow puppet. Yeah, like, like shadow puppet, and then you see like it's like oh shit, that's a horse, and then like yeah. you turn around, it's like it's not. It's a human making the shape of a horse. Right. Know? It's like, but the way we associate things, you know, which kind of I mean, I'm sidetracking, but yeah. familiarity, like you, there's a standard of like you know, you know, like because when you're little, that's how you learn. Right. This is a triangle. This is a square. You know, put the shape in the, you know, yeah, where where it goes, and and then you move on. But I mean, without getting like <laughs> too sidetracked or you know, like too crazy with every all of this, but you know, like that is the essential to how we even communicate with each other, right? Because we're yeah. all using the same... When I say words, you guys understand what I mean, right? Like, that's... There is a... Set of parameters. Collective understanding of that language is this thing of... is a way for me to get the things inside of my head and communicate them to... Yeah, we pretty much assign a meaning to a noise that's coming out of our mouth. Right. Right. So that's what it is. But I feel like, I mean, I don't know. Language is a whole different. Obviously, there's yeah, careers on linguistics, but, I know what, but what is he, he's kind of getting at? I know what he's kind of getting at. I, I guess what I'm saying is like you need to have uh, this idea that you can just um, operate outside of context. Like I, no, that's fine. To see, what is it? Some... But see, here's where I'm where I'm saying like, and I just said it like. When it, when it comes to architecture in particular, that applies just in general for like just life. And, but when you talk about architecture, like, yeah, you have to be very specific. Like, we're going to talk about architecture in this context, like mm -hmm. not in the context of like it's surrounding, but in the context of, you know, architecture as having uh, uh, like a common language that we could all understand. That's when I begin to like disagree. But when you like talk like you're talking language, you're talking that's that's bigger. That's big picture. Like architecture in, in the picture of like life in the world is not that big. So. When we're talking, if we're, if we're strictly just talking about architecture, we're strictly talking about, you know, the quote that you just said within <laughs> architecture and not taking it outside of like how we communicate or any of that. I think it's, it's a little different, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of, yeah, I kind of agree with that, but it's, kinda, it's funny that you mentioned that it has to be very specific because I feel like when I was in school, architecture or like at least the wording and everything and how I, I like looking at lectures or reading books, I felt like a lot of it was really vague. That, no, I know, and I disagree with that. Yeah, and I, I think, think that's I, the problem. Yeah, I think and that's, I think that's, that's you get into the issue of like people like, no, you're wrong and you're right. Yeah. No, it's because it, 
and like and I go back to saying like and sometimes and then that's why it's okay for you to contradict yourself because I don't feel that one thought or one belief in architecture applies all across the board, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean I think a lot of a lot of architects out there are just walking contradictions and it's oh, fine. For sure. Know? I think that's I mean, okay. the perfect example is Rem, you know, his writings and his work <laughs> never, you know, go hand in hand. Um, but that's another topic. Yeah. Anyways, so Miguel, story well, time. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess a little background here. It's uh, this was towards the end of school, and this was in my poetic stage when I was pushing the whole phenomenology idea of like feelings and you know like space and emotions and how that informs an architecture. I was reading a lot of uh, Peter Sumter and uh, Stephen Hall. Um, and this is a quote I wrote, or something I wrote when I was, it, it was meant to be poetic, but it's kind of cringy if I read it now. <laughs> but uh, um, this is talking about kind of like the home. And I wrote, there is no place like home. Home is where the heart is. The heart is an empty shell of nostalgia. Nostalgia for a time that never was. A made up time of better existence. Made up for profit by profitable people. The heart is at home. Not my home, maybe your home, because it's certainly better than mine. At least that's what my IKEA catalog says. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's kind of. That's... I mean, there's a lot in here that, in my head, you know, like uh, kind of like define, like defining those feelings and emotions of a home, and then you know having that memory of like kind of where you grew up and like what it was and what it meant to you, and like it's in your heart, but it's really like a set, a, a lot of like things a lot of materials and i mean not materials but like objects that were at your home like for me for example i think of uh, my grandma's house and i remember a table that was there uh, that was that stood out but that was you know that was just like a thing like the thing that 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 i should really be focused on it was like the time that i spent with my grandma the food that was eating there and, and but i remember that table very vividly and i was trying to express that a lot of uh, stuff that we remember and they were associated with living uh, are these kind of objects that were made for profit. Um, and then there were, there's other things, I guess, of, of kind of like getting at, getting the perfect home. You know, people get really into like, you know, buying their furniture, buying, you know, like things to make their home feel like a home. Um, but I don't know. I was just kind of like... I just focus on buying furniture that makes my home look like an architect lives there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> but you know where I'm getting. I don't know. Like I don't know if that quote even makes sense or what I wrote. Um, but it was yeah, I was following the ideas of um, how how this would inform like an architecture or or how would I interpret it. Um, but yeah, that was one of mine that was kind of cringy. <laughs> no, that was deep, dude. That was deep. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think that's an interesting uh, thing to talk about too because I I don't know if I've ever told you guys this or that I mentioned this in other podcasts, but I grew up in uh, trailer parks yeah. up until like 16 years old. And yeah, the idea, the idea of like a house is also very... Uh, distorted i guess because in in a trailer park um first off like all the trailers are you know raised like three like three four feet almost from about four right yeah because i i'm trying to think like how many steps there used to be it was at least like four or five steps so that means 
<clears throat> so that you know you know off the bat that's one thing that's different from like a typical house um and then just the you know how they're arranged right next to each other there's almost not Double they're space. separate but you know the setbacks or however you want to call them they you know they're very they're, they're tight yeah they're tight um and just just the other you know and they all look the same basically which is it's just, I mean, it all comes, it's just a different dynamic because I grew up pretty much up until my teens too in, in apartment complexes oh, yeah. and going from apartment complexes to living in a house, like different. when you live in an apartment complex as a kid, that, and I hate, I hate to say this because it's Miguel's fucking word. It's like, you're, you're in a bubble. Like the minute you, you come into your complex, yeah. like it's not just your apartment. Like you, you're what you consider your territory, like the whole apartment complex, yeah. you know? So you're yeah. like playing all throughout and then you yeah. go to like your, your unit, but I perceived mm -hmm. it as like, man, you know, and then like you have all your friends and you're all hanging out and, you know, and then you move to a house and, and now it's, it's awkward because now it's, it's like, like yeah, now it's like, now you're, you're, even though you have more square footage space, it feels like your world just got so much smaller because now it's just like your back, the backyard. It's no longer like the whole complex, you know, and like even also like visiting somebody else, you know, visiting another house as opposed to visiting your friend that lives in the same apartment complex. Uh -huh. but. You know, I think that's also because it seems like their apartment doesn't start until, you know, the wall, until the door. Right. right. Whereas if you're visiting somebody's house, it might be like, oh, well, as soon as you get inside, like the front gate. Now you're right. You're in. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about like, kind of that perspective and how you you see that, how you experience. Yeah. Because I remember when I used to live in apartments, too, like you're talking like you're saying. And like, for example, yeah, in a home, you have a front yard or a backyard. But, you know, in the apartments, you have the parking lot where we have, like, football games when you were a kid, you know, like, everybody together together. It's, like, all your territory right there, and you kind of claim it as your own. Um, and it's essentially, you know, well, I guess public space or, you know, I don't know how you define those spaces, you know, like the parking lot of, a, of a, an apartment building. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's free for all, dude. I mean, I would play even in the back, like, we live. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, like, I remember, like, in where I used to live, there was, uh, like, the back part of the parking lot, it was a little bit of a canyon. So we would go over there, like, make little, like, tree, like, not treehouse, but, like, you know, like, carve out, like, leave it from trees so that you can come in, and it was, like, the, your clubhouse, and then you would, like, get boxes and just slide down the hill. Yeah. Like, all kinds of <laughs> shit. That shit was fun. Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess that's what the, the whole, like, phenomenology theory is hinting at, you know? That's what I'm saying. How, how do you, how do you experience, like... So there's some essence, there's an essence of a place like you're talking about that like that canyon and stuff. How would you like interpret that in an architecture? That's know? what I'm saying. Like so now you're like as a designer, like can you recreate and create spaces designed for that kind of play yeah. on purpose? Uh -huh. You uh, know, and yeah, and, and how does that and what and what and how does that architecture? <laughs> huh? And that's very hard to do. And how does that architecture? You know, yeah. I I think it is hard to do, but I think if you really wanted to, you you could do it. Like I mean, what you say that you couldn't design like an area. That, you know, so kids can, like, you know, sled down, like, yeah. a hillside, and I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's very, it's, I mean, it's definitely doable, but, I mean, for me, just the whole notion is it's hard to do. I say it's hard to do because it's very personal. Like, what it, that place means to you, it means something else for Abel, you know, or it means something else for me. But it's all about interpretation, too. Yeah, it's also, like, I can definitely see, like, you know, not working in one place where yeah. it works in another place just yeah. because, you know, oh, the kids in this place are four to seven years old and that's this thing well, works perfectly yeah. for that age or yeah but, yeah but i think that whole idea is, is very like specific to a place you know like um 
yeah, like the approach of it, I guess, you know, like if you're going to design something in, in, in a certain place, you have to, you know, relate it to that context, you know. Well, I mean, that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's in know, general, like, that's, that's always true for any design. But I'm, yeah, but I'm talking, I'm not talking about just like context of, you know, like, oh, you know, like you have to place a building here. I'm talking about like what you're talking, what you just said earlier, you know, yeah, like, like so, social, economical, yeah, like, like the, everything. And no, more than that, it's like feelings, experience, like smell, like, sen- like the senses, you mm-hmm. know. But like going uh, a little bit more like the emotional aspect of it, not just the socioeconomic. But and I don't think it would work. It's very specific to like one place. So I think that that was my vibe back then. Kind of still is. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, homie, homie, bro, you make it. What? <laughs> you want to see homos naked? No, no, <laughs> no, man. Homie, why you make it? <laughs> One thing that I wanted to, I don't know exactly where this came from, but I just started like writing about it on in Word, and so now I have it. So that's very specific. (laughs) I wrote it in Word. So so what I did, uh, I guess I have this like theory or hypothesis that. It's about small ketchup packets and social class in America. Mm-hmm. So I have a hypothesis that every family in America can, buy, can be divided into two camps. Those who have a drawer in their home, which has old like teriyaki sauce packets, old ketchup packets, and those who don't. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? I totally agree. But I think that a lot of, a lot of that has to do with like uh, cultural background because i see i see that a lot of uh in um like asian families mm-hmm. um, you know latino families you know like in personal experience my mom would do that you know like i would go to the fridge and see like a yogurt you know container oh. and open it up and like <laughs> it's awesome. salsa yeah. you know? like, yeah. everybody can relate to that yeah. you know uh and that's kind of like that part of that culture you know like you know i i've been you know with people who save like all the ketchup extra ketchup packages barbecue sauces or whatever for for a quote-unquote emergency which yeah. never happens and like you you have it you know you have a ketchup bottle there but you have all these packages <laughs> there, like, just piling up piling up piling up you know to me it's trash but i i can totally see that it's more cultural because i've had uh friends who are not you know like who are pretty much you know, are white who don't do that but i do yeah. have had some friends who uh, are white and did do that which is kind of strange but they've hung out with a lot of Mexican, so yeah. I don't know. No, I we never, we never did that. You never did that. You're, you're I mean, we we do the yeah, we did the like all like you you uh, save the uh, the sour cream jar yeah. to like store something in it, but the whole ketchup packet and all of that. And, you I never mean, did that. No, I mean it's probably partly too because you I mean, just, like, we were threw just it away. Or? Yeah. Or you know we're just too or we just use it. Yeah. At the, mm-hmm. on the yeah. sitting, we never like. <laughs> You know, like, oh, let's grab extra for, like, you know, just in case. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think it was about grabbing extra. I think it was just, like, use whatever you use. And then, like, if you had two left over, you throw them in a drawer or in a, you know, in like, a little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, we I just, think we what, just throw it away. the part that's even more interesting to me is not, like, the whole, you know, oh, that it can be... That, that you do this is an indication of your, like, social class. Yeah. I think the part that's interesting is that everybody has... A space for that thing that you do right it's always like like for me it, it's the drawer where i keep my utensils right 
And I feel like everybody has a drawer for everybody that does that has a specific drawer for that right. thing. Like that's the part that's kind of like, how did people? Did we just like see somebody else do it and then like, oh, I'm gonna do that too? Or you just like, if you grew up with no, I think your it's family really, doing I, that, and I think it's just, exactly that. I think you just grow up a certain way that you don't see it being done any other like way right you never question it like for example like i always grew up where like you know you get bread or you open up a cereal and then you just coil it and you just hope for the best it doesn't go stale right and like and then when i met dana she introduced me to like the clips yeah. i'm like what <laughs> why haven't we, why didn't we just buy this like a long time ago keeps your fucking cereal fresh yeah. your chips fresh you know what i mean like just little things like that you yeah. know like it just don't like make sense or for example like growing up like my family was savage with the vacuum cleaner. They just, imagine, like, you, just you know, you vacuum everything. Like, no, it's like, dude, if you can pick it up or yeah. see it like very clearly, like you're supposed to pick it up with your bare hand yeah. and like throw it away. Yeah. You know, so I would fuck, I was fucking up a lot of vacuum cleaners yeah. growing up, you uh, know, like in my, yeah. because I never, like, I never thought about it. Like that's what, like when you vacuum yeah. my old house, you fucking free for all these fucking papers, like this big candy wrap, <laughs> candy wrappers, like whatever, you know, like it's a vacuum, you know? Um, Batteries, just like you know, it's just not gonna go up that pipe, but you're still gonna go for it. You know, nowadays, like, I pretty much anything that you can see with your, you know, like right off the bat, you can grab it like easily with your hands, you pick everything up, and then you vacuum. So, I think, yeah, it's just how you grow up, man. Like, uh, the, what you see as being the norm, you know, yeah, yeah. Go back to that serial conversation, like, for, for, for at least for me, and I don't know where my mom learned it, but she was uh, she used to have. Like, we, we would buy cereal, she would have a container for it, like, that was, like, sealed, like, properly, you know? So we'd buy cereal, open it, and put it in that. And then I remember, like, when I went out on my own, and, like, you know, I couldn't afford that, I automatically related to the people who didn't have those containers, like, it's, like, broke. And the people, <laughs> that, like, me, who would just, like, wrap and hope for the best. Yeah, that was really just... yeah, just hope for the best. That, that would be, like, the, uh, that would be us, the broke ones. And then, like, the ones with the Tupperware, like, nicely organized, like, pantry. That would be the people that got their shit together. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I mean, I did have a lot of white friends growing up, so that was very typical in a, yeah. in a white household. So you just, and I don't, I don't know where she picked it you, up, but that's you dump your cereal into a cereal container. Yeah, like another thing that I've seen online is the the whole um, cookie t- tin can. Yeah. And you open it up, and it's just a bunch of like uh, sewing sewing uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know what I'm yeah, yeah. That's, and I feel like almost. Everybody does that. Everybody does that. Like, how, why? Or how, how did that happen? It's like, just norms. That just the, the phenomena that just I mean, appears. Well, think about it. Like, what, what, what is one thing that you just, like, kind of, you know, like, you use that it wasn't meant to be used that way, you know? Like, something that you grab and then you, right now you're using it for something else. Yeah, and it like one, all one of your friends sees it's like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to yeah. that. And, it's, it's and just it just rolls trickles around, down, yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it's not only that, like, other people think alike, you know? Like, you're thinking that you're just oh, this, yeah. this genius. Like, <laughs> you're just like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. I'm using it. But there's probably, like, hundreds of people that think like that. Thousands right. of people, you know? In different parts of the world, different parts of the country, you know? I mean, we're just very, like, we're egomaniacs. We're thinking, we're, we're thinking that... Original. We're, yeah, we're super original, but we're not, you know? And that's, like, architecture, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <in> a, in <laughs> a nutshell. <laughs> Miguel nailed it. <laughs> uh, that was a good one. That was good. That was good. Anyways, what else we got? 
Let me see if I have any. I got yeah. one that uh, it's, I don't even know if it's, it's kind of along those, those lines of what I was talking before. Um, no, this is weird. It says location yields context, meaning of space. Does it exist? Question mark. Location yields context. I don't know, man. That feels like a contradiction right there. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Location yields context. Meaning of space. Does it exist? Question mark. Huh. Location So that yields means like context. without location, there is no context? I guess. But I feel like a location can only exist with the context first. Right. Context yields location then? Should be the other way around? And it's like, it's almost like what came, that's like a very, uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, <laughs> yeah because, yeah. I mean, because when you think about location, I, I guess you, I always think about it in, in terms of like, uh, like real estate, like location, 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 right. you know, will yield uh, money, like kind of hinting at the fact that there's already development there. But I mean, a location could still be like Joshua Tree. That's the location. Right. Uh, so. And what's context? Context is surrounding. But I don't think, I mean, I think, I don't think location yields context. I think, I don't think it yields it. I, I think it just facilitates it maybe. But I don't think that, I mean, because context is kind of, it's, it's weird, you know, because like it, it, it's pre-existing, but what informed that context and to begin with? I mean, I don't know. The location? What's the meaning of space? What's oh the meaning of God. life? It doesn't, it doesn't exist. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's... <laughs> I have no idea. What's the meaning of space? What else or I guess, I guess that was like, the, what's the meaning of the space of, that I was referring to? I don't know. Maybe like a little side note or something yeah. to, to something else? Man. It's going to be a lot of page flipping on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we should come back. <laughs> yeah also we were kind of talking about it a little bit but this in the beginning or before we recorded the uh yeah hector was you know reading something for us and i think you mentioned miguel that like what were you thinking yeah but it came off like you know like what were you thinking yeah. but i think the more accurate is you know what were you thinking and right. that's because that happened you know that was written in a time and yeah. you know again with context you know there i'm right. sure you could figure out like exactly the train of thought right. that led up to you like this thought yeah well, i mean that's what i was getting at like what space were you in you know like what yeah. mind trip were you in because also that that informs a lot i mean i feel like i touch base on that i feel like i was saying that i was kind of disgruntled or like yeah. getting kind of closer to the exit like i don't really like how architecture actually works and and they're not so much how it works as far as you know how it's being built or whatever but just the the kind of the setup you know because you go to school for five years and it's very uh design heavy like theory heavy um you know making meaning of things and then it just goes to a black and white drawing on a piece of paper that's getting ready for a contractor to read and, and build. You know, yeah. I think I was a little disgruntled with that aspect of it. Right. And and that's kind of where like the whole conversation started of, you know, what is a conventional? Is a conventional traditional? Is it the construction method? Is it the way? I mean, we still even though there's technology, like the way we get things done for architecture, is still very similar to how it's been done for you, 
years and years, you know? Like, yeah. you still draw some plans. Like, there's, I mean, the, the way we deliver the information is still the same. So yeah. it's still very antiquated. We just have more technology that we can have more information. Uh, it's kind of like the whole thing with the car and the horse. Yeah. Like, the real jump was when we went from riding on horses to driving cars. But since, the cars is still the car. It's just been improved upon. Yeah, like, they just the, whatever technologies are out, they try to incorporate it into the yeah. car and so on. But there's no real, uh, like, holy shit, like, you know? I mean, I guess the the, be, the next best thing is like now that you know with with the electric cars are being able to self driving cars, and it's still it's still it's just still a car, the car, yeah. you know. You're just you're just what people have been kind of some of the concepts that have been thrown out for self driving cars is just like mini buses, right? Where right. there is no like driver's seat. It's just like you yeah. just walk like a onto shuttle. a right. platform and then it's just go. Right. Which I guess. I mean, is that a car still? <laughs> just no, like... but yeah, but I mean, there's also the concept of just like a self-driving car, you know, like, where you just, you have your own car and it just drives yeah. itself. You know, you're like a passenger. But like Hector was saying, that's still like four wheels in a shell, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, like the advancement of it hasn't like, it, I mean... The function of it, I guess, it still remains the same. Right. From like I mean, the, I guess you could argue that like, I mean, if you think of a horse as an engine... You know, and then the carriage is still the four wheels, you know, but yeah, I mean, still, like, yeah. yeah, for sure. But anyways, veering off from that, I have a little thing here that says, as we look, the eye touches. <laughs> Mind blown. Uh, <laughs> what does that even mean? Huh? Were, and then, you and then below that, below that is the, the, uh, the unconscious touch. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that when I wrote this, like maybe like I was maybe um, into the fact that like maybe more towards like, maybe I was reading like phenomenology, like philosophy or reading because it's kind of more like invoking this, this emotion, right? Where like maybe you can look at some kind of texture and without really touching it, you know, without touching it, like you just, just it. by looking at it, you feel it, yeah. you know? I like that. Yeah, mm. for sure. That's what, that's what I'm thinking this, I, this was going yeah. you know, oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I see like you see like rough concrete and you already know what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, you feel it. Like it evokes yeah. that emotion of yeah. like, and it kind of sure. goes back to your quote of like, you would never know that unless you've had that pre-experience to familiarize yourself with yeah. what concrete feels like, what, yeah. you know, water feels like, you know? That's a, yeah, that's the emotion of but it. But also like, yeah, if you can, I'm guessing that like you can say that, like, if you know what concrete, like rough feels like you know what like something that's oily feels like maybe yeah. you can create something with you and like you combine those those emotions in your head to kind of anticipate yeah what it's gonna look. like for example like we've all been i'm pretty sure we've all had this experience where you're served a meal and you look at it and you have a preconceived notion of yeah. what the texture is going to feel like yeah. what it's going to taste like and if it's not those things it just throws you off yeah. because the image doesn't match your your data bank in your your preconceived notion of what that deal is yeah yeah Yeah, so i I think that's what this was kind of going in that direction i i I don't know that's a good one say say it again i like that one uh, as we look the eye touches Hmm. and then i start right but it seems like i mean obviously i fall off the rails because then after that which right now is very (laughs) very, (laughs) right now is very it's a very practical interpretation but then right below that's like touch is the unconsciousness of vision touch so like if you weren't if you were yeah, blind, so if you, if if you were blind touching yeah, you would be the replacement. Right. Hmm. Yeah, because then, yeah, that's yeah. like the opposite of the other quote. Cause, right, yeah. Because yeah, you're feeling it. Damn, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
was very phenomenology heavy right there. Dude. And then below that, it's like today's culture is about control and speed. I don't even know what that means. Like everything, I guess, is fast, and that you always want to feel like you're you're like control. go 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 right. And control control. But in control. Yeah. But I'm guessing these were all like maybe like I think that the lower part is more about like okay now I'm trying to understand culture in present time and how would I apply these theories to that culture I'm get I mean you know what I mean yeah when I first when you first uh, said that quote I was actually thinking about oh shit <laughs> <laughs> so when I when you first read that quote I was actually thinking about this book that I've been reading called. It's right there on painting by Alberti. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and he actually, um, I think, I, I don't know yet exactly who invented um, perspective, right? I think we have like the idea, I think, is Brunelleschi. And then, right. but this guy was a contemporary to Brunelleschi, and he, in that book, he talks about these ideas of um, perspective. So he writes exactly. He he gets really it gets really interesting about perspective and how what it is that you're looking at. So the way he breaks it down is that your eye is creating rays. So like that are shooting out. This is this is how their understanding of perspective was basically back then that there was an invisible plane which i think we when you're learning about perspective you do i, I think you call it the um the viewing plane i think you call it so where like if everything that crosses this plane from your eye that's the image that creates the perspective that's right, right. yeah <clears throat> so that's that's kind of what I was thinking about when you were saying this quote about how these guys, in order for them to understand this new like method of seeing, they had to invent, you know, like, oh, like, what do we, like, you know, they had to like invent all this language and to be able to present it so that everybody else could understand. Yeah, it. so that everybody yeah. else could like or do here's it. the this thing here's perspective. Yeah, because I think. Um, I haven't I haven't read you know the books only like a few like 80 pages long but there's about another 30 or 40 pages that are like introduction saying like oh this is what it meant for at the time and yeah it it, it was very um it was like a monumental text when it came out oh, yeah. because can you imagine, everybody like, people, else was like, oh shit, like what the fuck? Well, yeah. Can you imagine like people are like, you know, used to like 2D drawings, like super, and then out of nowhere, like you're like, they're like, I bet I could only imagine like, they're like, like looking in the back, yeah. like trying to like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, I would have tripped out. That's, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm like, I, I don't know who was talking. One of you guys was talking about like the first time somebody saw like a film. You know what it, what that was, and like people were freaking out, like it was that train coming towards yeah, you. Like, yeah, that people was, were like jumping out, or whatever. Yeah, but that uh, um, that idea that you were talking about just reminded uh, that that you were disgruntled with architecture just reminded me of, of a meme that I don't know if you guys have seen on, on on Instagram or whatever. It's like it's like a you're one of those uh, panels where there's like different images, and it's like first year and there's like a perspective drawing and like a little <laughs> model. 
second year like just the, the drawings get better third year it's like a like a yeah like a house and a rendering you know like it's getting fourth year it's like it's it's like you do more planning or whatever fifth year it's like a like a crispy ass rendering and like a city like you know like all these like drawings are legit mm-hmm. and then it's just like the workforce and there's like a, a drawing of a floor plan of a simple ass bathroom <laughs> just like just like two days, just like a tub, a toilet, and a sink. <laughs> that's that's like exactly five years ago. Yeah, that's what five architects is what you do. Like, just deciding bathroom. That's funny. That's yeah. totally accurate, though. Too. Yeah, it's oh, hilarious. Yeah. Super, yeah. yeah. That's why some people stay in academia, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the whole. I mean, that alone is a conversation on itself. The, the transitions, I guess yeah but also like what it's like practicing architecture and or is are you still practicing architecture if you're just like you know so i'm gonna hold you right there that's a perfect example of when i say that when you talk about architecture you have to be very specific of like in what context you're talking about architecture right because yeah you're right like you know, is that for, for me? You know what I'm getting. Yeah, at, no, right? for sure. And then see what I would say. I was like, okay, I need to remove myself from my theory from being an architect, and I'm gonna just strictly talk about the practice of architecture in that re- in that regard. And I think when it comes to that regard, architecture is not even about design. It's about being able to execute, about planning, about getting your contracts, about making sure that everybody's delivering, meeting deadlines. So uh-huh. in that context, I think that's it's architecture. Like a whole game. Right. Like, yeah. And, it's a, it's and, a whole and, that, thing. and that was my whole point earlier. Like when you yeah. speak about architecture, you really have to like kind of make a, a statement of like, okay, we're going to talk about architecture in the context of the practice. And then this is what architecture is in that, in that particular it, you know realm. You it, know? Feel, it feels like the practice. In my opinion. No, yeah, I agree. It feels like the practice of architecture design is probably like 10% of it. And then like 90% is like what you just said. And like, like he's like able saying it's like a, 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 diff, a whole different career than what. Yeah. Than because what we like if you really, for. if you really step back, right. Like in school and you, you begin the year and we're giving assignments to do projects. Um, you have you usually do about three projects per semester, depending on, on what year. And our semester is four months long, which means that every project you have about a, a little bit over a month to do every project, which really amounts to like what we spend in schematic design at an office now. So essentially, like our schooling is only that month that first of, of a four month, six month project at work. You know, schematic design. Yeah. yeah. So I think, and I think that's why a lot of people like like myself when you start getting towards the end goal and then you see people that are working like dude i don't want that that's not i've been doing this stuff for five years now but then in the sense like we only like all architectural school is like schematic design phase that and that's why we have an issue with it because that's the most fun part but sadly is the smallest part of a full project yeah yeah for sure i mean there's people who seek to you know have different practices like you know we talked to mickey we talked to other people who are like doing different things but but you're right there's still that disconnect of design and the actual practice the business aspect of it yeah you know? the business because it's, it, a, the... because it's a it's a it, you know at the end of the day it's a business and it's a service we're providing we're in the service industry you know so that's another whole different like hat that we have to wear and it's hard yeah like the, the way that i look at it is like when we okay so we um Like if I were to get a project that's a competition, right? It's not going to be built. It's just for for fun. fun, Yeah, I would treat it way differently than if somebody were to come up to me and say like, oh, I want to build a 
even the same competition but i want to actually build it right. right like you'd be like okay like let's talk probably at, at first you'd be you start off like all right let's do you know like contracts let's figure out timing you know all these other things that are not really that maybe in the competition you wouldn't you know you're not gonna be like oh what's yeah. the contract or what yeah. you know what or like budget and all that yeah and then, and then <laughs> i think even at that level it's it's still like it's not it's not that part of architecture yet you know it's only like the i would say more like on the on the theory side you know and 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 just you know the profession of it itself you have way more parameters that you have to follow yeah you're right and it all comes down to like yeah you would totally treat a project I, I feel like it's almost like uh, the more you're in it and the uh, like the more re like you become more of a realist. So that when you get an opportunity to like a competition, you kind of like and that's key too. Throw like everything out the window. Yeah. And that's key too. like being able to disconnect yourself, too, because, yeah, maybe you're on a competition like you can't always be thinking practical, practical, practical is going to get built because I think that also stunts your ability to dream, you know, and kind of just push some boundaries, you know, mm -hmm. So I think the ability to be able to disconnect from that, and I've, I've talked about this too before, like I still believe all my, like my loony shit that I wrote down in here, but I, you know, maybe with a different, a different light, but I know when it's a time to like speak in yeah, this yeah. language and oh, when okay. it's time to speak, you know, like let's waterproof, Sheer, let's, let, let's prove the, yeah, let's waterproof the shit out of this or like, you know, or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like you know, so. for a fact, like, oh shit, like I, I would sure love, you know, a 30 foot cantilever, but you know what that implies structurally and like you know what i mean yeah mm -hmm. always trying to find a balance well that's just it that's a that's a key word yeah you know like a balance between the theory the profession and the practice which is super hard because a lot of people tend to fall heavily into oh. one and then into yeah one that's crazy because even within those even within like theory you know are you going to focus on form are you going to focus on material are you right gonna, there's like subcategories and then yeah, subcategories like, and, and you know in profession are you gonna be the cheapest guy out there are you, you yeah. know the business are you gonna yeah and again they, even like you're, yeah, you're gonna you're try really, something new every time and then if you're heavy in theory like now I, before i would say fuck yeah like theory all the way and that's it but now this is a good example of like how i've changed now it's like i'm all for it but i also feel like okay how can we test this in the practice you know how can we test that theory in practice and what does that even mean you know right i wonder if there's a way to categorize every practice out there into like a theoretical movement or no like, like two same... categories like the the ketchup <laughs> analogy yeah. no i'm there's saying like practices. the you know like right now that i just said like you know it's within the theory there's a subcategories of like materiality yeah. you know structure uh -huh. form if you took all those, you know, created like a, a diagram, I guess. Yeah, like take two from, you know, this this column, take one from, you know, the profession, then you got an office. And, and like, then this is one, yeah. you know, like if you, I'm sure you could break down like, every, like OMA is, you know, this plus this yeah. plus this and, you know. Yeah, yeah, that would be an interesting and, exercise. you know, but... some, you know, like, um, um, offices that are, you know, the typical you know yeah i mean what would you call them like it's not a mom and shop mom and pop shop but it's, it's like a traditional you know, architecture yeah a traditional office. architecture yeah. office that you you know what they're gonna they have you know three looks or whatever and yeah. that you would be able to break them down and say like take these two looks yeah um 
take this range of that they're going to charge you and like the timeline that they're going to do it in. Are they going to... Well, that's getting super specific. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I can see somebody do breaking down like offices just as far as like theory, you know, like and kind of like what their vibe is, um, mm -hmm. at least the big ones, because there are a lot of like little experimental shops out there, you know, um, but, and, and, and there are a lot of traditional ones too. It's just wherever. I think that, that that's, that's more of like the two... Like the ketchup and the non ketchup would be like experimental and non experimental, you know. Mm. But even that's then, like the main yeah the main, sub right. Like, are you here but even, or are you on this? Yeah, but even then, like the experimental ones, they're they're always taking on like jobs that will you know. They're traditional. Yeah, traditional, quote unquote traditional, <laughs> whatever. Not what not like the aesthetics or anything, but you know, just traditional work to kind of feed that experimental side of it. Uh, I think that would be the two main categories, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now. Well, let's let's get indexing, boys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who has the time for that? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you calling it? Mm -hmm. Rep the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm down. All right. Sweet.